0: You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. Hey, everybody, this is Joe Swanson. Thanks for tuning in again to another episode of Sullen Radio. My guest today is none other than tattoo legend Jack Rudy. Jack and I had a great time talking last week, and I'm excited for you guys to hear our conversation. Before we get into that, I wanna give a shout out to one of my sponsors, Kingpin Tattoo Supply. You can find them at kingpintattoosupply.com. If you're interested in picking up another skill as a tattooer or increasing your skill in painting, go ahead and check out Kingpin for my Paint Tattoo Flash DVD. This is a DVD that I put out in 2009, specifically teaching painting tattoo style flash. This DVD will take you step-by-step through knowing what materials to use and the process of going through the black and color all the way to putting some finishing touches on your piece to make it unique in your own. So if you want to pick up this skill or increase your skill as a painter, go ahead and check out KingtonTattooSupply.com and pick up one of my DVDs, Paint Tattoo Flash with Joe Swanson. This is Joe Swanson with Sullen Radio, and this is my talk with tattooer Jack Rudy. This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. Okay. Holy shit. Well, that was probably the second worst thing that could have happened to me. The first worst thing could have been what happened when I recorded a couple hours with Lyle Tuttle, and I lost the whole fucking kit and caboodle when I uh, shut off my digital recorder.
1: Holy shit. Well, that's, you know, that's one of the things about digital is as cool as it is in some ways, boy, you lose the shit and it's just like, you know, it it disappears into the alien cloud.
0: (laughs) I'm telling you, man, it was gone. You know, it was it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's that sucks. That sucks, man. Hopefully I'll get uh, hopefully I'll get a repeat interview. I've been uh, bullshitting with him and planning on going out to San Francisco. uh, I just I just saw
1: him. I just saw him in Orlando.
0: Yeah, he uh, I, I know he lives from Thursday to Monday on the, on the road.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah, yeah, we we, we get a lot of that in, in in common. I don't know, I think well, I know between the two of us, we absolutely hold uh the world record for the amount of uh shows attended.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think
1: I think he's probably done more than me, but I'm not even sure.
0: It's crazy. I just
1: know I. I, My first one was in seventy seven. His first one was in seventy six. I wanted to go to the one in seventy six, but Charlie didn't want to go, so that took care of that. But anyway, I went to that first one in seventy seven, and I've never stopped. I still do probably twelve a year or so.
0: Man, heavy, heavy travel schedule. You know, it's what do you what do you like best about traveling? Coming home. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Goddamn right. Coming back, man. That's the best part about it. Cause I mean, you know, whether you, whether you do really good or not, uh, and, and no matter how it goes, you know, I, you know, it, you know, it's, it's easier when I'm only gone a few days or whatever, but sometimes I've gone a week or uh, 10 days or so. And, and definitely the best part about that's coming back. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I like, I like being on the road and traveling and shit, but you know, uh, be it ever so humble, there's no place like home
0: yeah, absolutely. Jack, you were talking about the early time of, of drawing with pen that's, and ink uh, that's pencil.
1: DR, that's, that's also known as DRSD. What's that? Digital recorder
0: shutdown. <laughs> Digital recorder shutdown. Exactly. Yeah. It's happening. DRSD. Man. DRSD is a, is the struggles real for sure. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Especially when you're, uh, when you're trying to, trying to record as much as I do and, and, get these interviews, man, it, it's fucking nerve wracking. I don't know how much sleep I've lost over, you know, freaking out about whether the shit's going to stay on the little fucking SD card or I hear you. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy. So we're living in a crazy, a crazy time, you know, with tattooing. I think it's, I think it's an exciting time. I've been tattooing this year, 20 years. Um, and you know, shit, man, I've come up looking up to guys like you, um, and what do you think about where we're at today, and and what's going on with the industry?
1: Well, boy, I will tell you that's a that's a loaded question because uh, on one hand, I mean, like you know the the level of work that's being done is is absolutely amazing. I mean, there's there's stuff that's being done today that you know I never would have thought was possible, mm-hmm. you know, when I started, and even you know ten years into the game, and shit, I never would have thought some of the stuff as possible that's being done today but that being said um there's a lot of tattooers out there and i use that term loosely (laughs) um that are doing stuff that you know i don't know if they if they well it's 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 i hate to use either or mentality but either they don't know or they don't care right there's a lot of shit being done that will not, will not stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. It's gonna just, uh, t- some of this shit's just gonna turn into blobs of, of color shit. Or uh, there's so much fucking black being done where it's really overkill in, in many instances. And I, I think, you know, it's hard for me to believe that people don't know better. You right. know, but but apparently a lot of people don't, and they're putting way too much black in shit. I mean, just like fucking in it, and it's you know it, it's as black as fucking tar. Right. And you know, and then and then they'll they'll jam some white highlights in there or some color to you know uh for for contrast if that's what's in the photo or whatever. But still, that that stuff cannot last. It cannot stand the test of time. The way, you know, a traditional piece can or, or a good black and gray piece, mm. you know what I mean? It, it just simply can't. And, and you know, the, the canvas is different where, you know, you can layer the shit out of a, out of, out of a regular, you know, canvas for painting. And, uh, you know, because you're just putting one layer on top of another. And even though you're doing that on skin to a degree, it's all underneath the skin. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing actually on top. And, and it, you know, and I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of uh, amazing artistic whiz kids out there, but I don't know if they're just, um, you know, art school dropouts or, or graduates for that matter and think that you, anything you can paint, anything you can put on canvas, you can do on skin. And to a large degree, that's true but you know doing it on canvas you know it can last hundreds of years as we all know there's there's pieces in, in museums unrestored pieces that have lasted that long but i mean you know the tattoos only going to last as long as we do and then then you have you know photo photographs uh, hopefully uh, from from then and and you know uh, cuz that's it
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know who says you can't take it with you
0: right you but know, I, but I... so Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think that some of the stuff being done today, because there's this like almost, you know, this huge resurgence and renaissance of of all this experimentation going on. I think you're just like in the 90s, I think that you had that you saw that where shit was all twisty and they were doing different colors and different this and different that. And um, they were pushing the envelope and it became you look at one of those today and it's like, hey, that came from the 90s, you know. And I think right. you're gonna look back in 15 20 years you're gonna say oh that was that was during the 2015 you know around 15 16 and, and people were finding their way you know I think they're almost dating the tattoos
1: yeah in some ways I mean excuse me it, it's like um you know like like a, a, a tribal armband you know or, or something and you know right. I mean because Tattoo, tattoos do become faddish. Uh, certain things and, and subject matter, you know, gets, gets done, uh, you know, over and over again. Sometimes, you know, ad nauseum. Uh, but, you know, it's, it, it, it always blows my mind when, when, when tattoos are, are faddish. Because it's like, it's not like, you know, Well, wow, you know, look, big bell bottoms are back in style or, or or hip huggers or whatever. And, you know, and when that shit goes out of style, you know, you can quit wearing it or, or whatever. But, you know, with, it, with a tattoo, it's like, well, no matter what, I mean, it's there. And, of course, to a lot of people, it's cool because, you know, it was a part of their life. That's what was going on at the time. And, um, you know, that's great. But, you know, there's other things, though that that people do and they're going like oh man what the fuck was I thinking you know I remember like when I was in high school you know a senior Nehru jackets like were a rage for this for a second but I even knew you know even even at 18 I'm like yeah that's bullshit that's not gonna last (laughs) maybe in India but like that's that's a you know that that's that's a passing fad right now and anybody that's wearing one of those and look back you know 20 or 30 years whatever to <laughs> go like <laughs> right. yeah there you go mr mr uh, fashion statement and you know i mean and, and that's all great because some people don't give a fuck and they're just like you know hey whatever that's what was that's what was cool at the time mm. and they could care less but other people you know are like ah oh, geez again what was i thinking
0: right you know you know there's there is that permanence to it you know like you said with with certain fashion stuff, you can you can stop wearing it. You know, you've been kind of in you've been, well really involved in kind of two cultures that kind of mix. That's tattooing and and the car culture. Um, do you see that same kind of stuff? I mean, things kind of come and go throughout the car culture too. And but then again, hey, you can change your car. You can get a new car. You can do it different. Whatever's that's up to right. date
1: that's that's right and and um you know and and again those fads come and go but just like tattooing you know a classic never goes out of style. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a classic hot rod, if you've got a classic custom, no matter what, you know, fads come and go and you got, you know, billet this and billet that. And, 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 you know, and, and now, you know, you get the, uh, the so-called uh, rat rod uh, thing that's been around for actually a bunch of years. And that looks like it's not going anywhere, but you know, if, if, if you decide to change, the style you like or whatever, you know, I mean, well, you know, it's a free country and you can, uh, and you can easily do it. But, uh, you know, again, whether, whether, whether it's a, you know, a classic, uh, you know, chopper uh motorcycle or, or, a, you know, a classic custom classic hot rod, you know, those, those really never do go out of style mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and classic tattoos are the same way, whether it's a black and gray or traditional or, you know, what have you. I mean, like those, uh, are always going to be, uh, always going to be in style no matter what, because, you know, nowadays there, there's a lot of, I mean, with a lot of youngsters, uh, you know, trying to do this, this ultra realism, it's like, well, yeah, dude, look, man, mine looks wetter than yours. Oh, bullshit. Mine's wetter than yours. And it's like, you know, that's, that's one of the flavors of the week is, is, is how wet you can make shit look. <laughs> You know, that's right. just one, that's just one example. But again, you know, people are going to realize like, uh, yeah, there's a little, you know, making it as wet as can be is not all what it's cracked up to be, you I've, know, I've and, spent, uh,
0: I've spent my whole career trying to take pictures of tattoos that look dry, not wet. Cause I keep getting that fucking shine on the picture.
1: Right. <laughs> but see now, now they're just want them to look wet when they're not. Right. You know, after they're healed, you know, because there's so much, you know, white highlights and sure. in, in the in the liquid and and all this kind of stuff, you know, and, and and again, you know, some of that stuff may last, but a lot of it's not gonna. Right. And and that's the thing, you know, if you're painting on canvas, it's like, okay, whatever. If you don't like it, you can toss it, or you can just put it in a fucking closet somewhere, and uh, that's the end of it. But you know, when somebody's got a tattoo. You know, man, that's that's a different story, because uh, I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, I don't know, I, I guess a lot more business uh, for the laser guys, the removal uh, people, you know, because, uh, you know, there, there's just a lot of this stuff. that's It's just not going to uh, uh, it's it's not going to turn out mm-hmm. and, and last the, the way it was intended.
0: Right. Did you have a sense back when, you know, Good Time Charlie yourself and. Um ed and and freddie were developing this black and gray style taking it did you have a sense that you were taking it from this more penitentiary style the style that was in the prisons and making it sustainable to the masses did you have a sense of that that was happening or were you guys just in this moment creating
1: well yeah we were we you know i mean like you know charlie and i never set out to uh, set the world on fire or anything we were we were just doing our thing and and having a great time doing it and paying our bills, you know, I mean, we were, uh, you know, I mean, it, 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 wasn't, uh, you know, a hobby. It was, uh, it was our, our livelihood, you know, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, we, we knew that we were, you know, I, I did especially knew I was, I was taking uh, some design elements and and a, a big influence of of the the prison style art and I was doing my thing with it you know because uh, I didn't want to I didn't want to rip anybody off even if I didn't know who they were I just I just wanted to use elements of what I liked and then incorporate that into mine and do my thing with it you know I wasn't ever trying to like you know duplicate something the only thing I've ever tried to duplicate accurately is portraits. You know, or if somebody wants a, a very specific style, you know, like, OK, I, I want it done like this. It's like OK, we'll do it like that. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I just I borrowed, uh, you know, elements of, 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 of certain styles that I liked, whether, whether it was, you know, girls or lettering or, or, or whatever it might be, and, you know, developed my own styles of, of that as a result.
0: Where where do you think you were getting most of that influence from? Was it just from like within like the lettering and the girls' faces and things like that? Was it from the neighborhood or was it from magazines or where were you picking? Well, that it, stuff it, it was
1: it was it was all of those things. It was um, you know all of the above and then none of the above because it's mm-hmm. also it was it was my own style that kept evolving. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my lettering and you know my my two biggest lettering. Well, there was three big lettering influences for me. And, and that was, uh, um, God, I just seen it. <laughs> it's funny. It just went blank. Um, Greg irons was my absolute yeah. biggest lettering influence, but he was a lettering influence for me before I even ever tattooed, you know, cause his, I just, I just love the way that that guy's lettering style was. It was just, it was just so cool. And uh, so he was a huge influence. Also, uh, you know, Freddie Negretti was, was an early influence on my my handwriting, on, on my script lettering. You know, because um, he just did things he he thought outside the box, and he and he taught me how to do that too. Because like you know, he did things where it's like I wouldn't have thought of doing it that way, but it was really cool what he did and was like, wow, that's really cool. Where he's making that part smaller that traditionally would be larger. Mm -hmm. And he was just doing things, you know, he was doing his own thing. So he was a a huge influence early on in in my script, you know, and, um, and then Rick Griffin, another uh, uh, artist at the same time as uh, uh, Greg Irons was also you know, uh, a big influence on, on my lettering as well. So like those three, those three guys there, but then, you know, again, and I took that and just developed, you know, uh, evolved and developed my own styles and so on and so forth, you know,
0: I think it's and letter
1: lettering now is more popular than ever. Yeah, You know, there's a whole bunch of fools out there doing amazing lettering. Yeah. And of course, of course, again, too, there's a bunch of people that are doing it over way overkill. You know, because, you know, I just drew a a silly, stupid cartoon recently where this, this dumb looking guy is just saying, uh, you know, he's not looking at anything in particular. He's going like, hey, man, that looks really fucking cool. Oh, what the fuck is it? (laughs) You know, and and I see this kind of stuff, and as I'm sure you do, all the time. Where like, you know, something's got a great style and it looks beautiful, but like, I can't read it for fuck. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I can I can read, uh, uh, you know, Egyptian hieroglyphics, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, well, in my dreams anyway. But sure. yeah, you know, it's but but see, you know, again, and and if you can't read it when it's fresh, um that's only going to deteriorate and it's going to be less and less legible. Now, if you're doing, you know, some kind of crazy graffiti art, now a lot of that's not meant to be read by, you know, Joe Citizen. That's meant to only be read by other taggers, you know, other graffiti artists. And that's fine, but that's a different kind of deal. You know, but but now it just a lot of times people just get so fucking carried away with all the flourishing and and all the stuff they put around. You can't read it, you know. And that, that's something that's always been important to me. Is like I want my stuff to be legible. I want I want you to be able to read it. Even if you you, know, you can't read it from across the room, you know, when you get up on it, whatever. If it's some crazy ass fine line, you're going to be able to read it. Right. And that's and that's really important to me.
0: W- obviously, guys- it's
1: not important to everybody else. Oh, right. It's, you know,
0: <laughs> there's, I think, with the, you know, obviously, with the advent of the internet and the accessibility to information, obviously, you know, you used to have to dig through at least a tattoo magazine to get a kit from Spalding and Rogers or whoever. Um, yeah. Cam or, you know, get set up. Yeah. Well, now you can go down to the Yeah. Local some of the, some of the
1: less reputable, uh, uh, suppliers, but right. yeah, there, 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 there's a whole bunch of them. And, and of course now, you know, there, there's so many fucking conventions, you know, there's, there's, I don't know, four five or six a week every week,
0: yeah, you, you know? know, and, and, and that about... may,
1: that may even be conservative, right? but now people can just go to most any show. And, and if, uh, you know, if, if they're discreet about it and, uh, you know, they can, they will most likely find a supplier, that shouldn't sell to them, but will.
0: Right, you know, and and if you don't find one there, you you can find one, and that's the thing, you know. It, it is exactly the accessibility. I think tracks that attracts the numbers, and the numbers, obviously, as they rise, the the idiots rise, you know, as along with along with the talent, you know, the talent is rising as well. But um, you're
1: you're right, man. It see, we're we're on two parallel. Roads here. Right. And uh, on one hand, you know, the, the, the level of, of quality of work is at an all time high. It's just absolutely fucking amazing what's being done. But at the same time, there's more scratchers and fuckheads out mm-hmm. there that have no business doing this whatsoever. But, you know, you can't even blame them. You can't even blame them because they they think the stereotypical life of the tattooer is, you know, it's just one big party. It's it's all the girls. It's oh, it's so much fun doing this and making this big money and all this shit. Fuck, you can't even blame anybody for wanting to do it. Yeah. You know what when, when 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 they go by the stereotype, they don't know how hard it really is. They don't know that like, you know, that that old saying, "stakes one day, hot dogs the next," <laughs> is is more true now than ever.
0: Yeah. Abso- absolutely. You know, and I think you know, I think um, what's what's oftentimes lost and we spoke about it a little bit before and that's knowing the standard of something, like knowing the standard of a rose or knowing the standard of a you know, the alphabet, so that you can draw these letters. And at that point, you can then take that standard and you can, you know, as much as you can with whether you can push it one way or the other. And that's what the, you know, these guys like, like Freddie did with the lettering, what you did and and because you knew the standard. And I think that sometimes that's sometimes what's, right. what's missing today that's- is they're not learning the standard before they go starting to replicate what they see others doing, pushing the standard
1: it's very true because like like look at skulls for an example. Like somebody can do some sort of monsterized skull, some sort of alien looking skull, whatever the fuck, and and do that and, and kind of pull it off because you know it's got two eye sockets and a nose hole and some teeth or whatever. But it's like, you know what? Try to try to just draw out of your head. Try to freehand an accurate human skull. Let's see how you do on that.
0: Right. Yeah. You know,
1: and and, and and a lot of them can't can't do it to save their life, yeah. you know? I mean, but it's, but it's just like, you know, I, I mean, the, the ends justifies the means, you know, on many levels, but it's like, look, look at now how many people are doing portraits, mm-hmm. you know, versus how many there was, you know, 20 years ago. Now everybody and their fucking mother and grandmother is, is doing portraits and, you know, and these stencils that people are using, I can't even I can't even make heads or tails out of them. They look like a topographical map, or 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 a, a paint by number stencil. Right. And I'm looking at the photo, and I'm looking at the stencil, and I'm like, where the fuck did all that come from? I don't see 20, 20 concentric lines, you know, in the cheek area. Yeah. I don't see that in the photo, so I don't know if they're scanning it, and then they're photoshopping it on somehow to make Make it because I I don't see it at all, but I do see dark and light and various you know gradations of Mm -hmm. that and and but you know see I I've always done that you know old school where like you know of course nobody could work none of those guys could work for my stencil either because there's so little information in there they wouldn't know what the fuck to do Mm -hmm. but see after I get my initial sketchy outline on there I am studying that photograph. And and every second I'm not tattooing, I'm studying that photograph and the more I look the more I see, the more I can translate that, you know, because like many people that even some people that can do amazing portraits can't draw portraits to save their life.
0: Well, and I think that goes back to that point of knowing the standard, you, you know, you know, exactly. The, you know, the standard, you know, the little nuances of the eye or the nostril area or the little those little tricky transition points on the face. You know how those are supposed to go because you've drawn a thousand, you know, <laughs> to, However many thousands hours of portraits before, and um, you know I, I think that there's a difference between replication and you know like we talked about knowing those standards and being able to being able to do it you know to a to a high level um, with minimal input, like you said
1: right right, because I mean you know if i if I was teaching somebody. You know how to draw portraits. You know it's actually it's it's not that difficult. But what I would do is I I would say like okay man, get get a magazine or or some uh, black and white photos. You know as many black and white photos as you can. And I said and your assignment is going to be this. I want you to freehand. You know, I'm going to give you a a pencil and a blending stump. You're not even going to get an eraser because you don't have one with a a tattoo machine. Okay, so you're going to have a pencil and a blending stump. The blending stump is going to represent your shader and and the pencil is going to be your liner. Okay, Mm -hmm. and then the assignment is is to draw that photo, whatever size you want, you know, but you're not going to have you're not going to have access to a, a copier. You know, nothing. You're going to you're going to freehand that, Mm -hmm. you know, and and you're going to you're going to learn how to do that. And I I, I just I guess I said that that's not that hard, but actually it's it's very difficult. A a lot of people would, you know, thinking on about it would never be able to do that. But for those that can see that, you know, that teaches you what you need to the skills necessary to do portraiture mm-hmm. you know freehanded, it where like you you know a- again and 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 I don't work from live models and I never have and and I will not but to take be able to take a photograph and study that photograph and just you know sketch it out and and make that make an accurate you know, duplication of that photo because see to me when you're able to do that, then you're definitely able to tattoo it because uh, you know the techniques are very very similar. Mm-hmm. But you know, again, so your your pencil representing your liner and and the the blending stump representing your shader. Mm-hmm. You know, and and when you can do that, I mean, you can you can definitely you know, tattoo portraits accurately, but, you know, and you, and you don't need, you know, a stencil with 10 million lines in it and stuff to where it's like, I again, I, I look at those and I, I I don't even know what the hell's going on.
0: I I looked at one the other day on Instagram and I was just, and it was like you said, you know, it had the stencil one on one side and it was a split photo and it has a photo on the other side. And I'm looking at it going, what the fuck? I, like, I don't, is this a joke? Are they, pull, like, are they trying to pull something over on me? Is this just to, you know, send somebody down a wild goose chase to make the craziest stencil they, they can to think that, you know, they can produce <laughs> this other portrait this well? I don't know, man. It's, I, it's I don't wild. know.
1: It is. It is. It's crazy, man. It's it's just crazy. But, you know, like, see, uh, Brian Everett does does things very similar to how I do it, and, uh, you know, I, I told him early on when I first met him, because he was having difficulty tattooing portraits, but he was, you know, was really good at doing them with like pastels, mm-hmm. you know, and I said, well, you just need to be able to, you know, tattoo the way you draw, because like, I, th- I think you're you're looking at it as a separate kind of entity here, and it's much more similar than it's not, so if you can do that you know, you're going to be able to do this. And of course that's what he did do. And the rest is history. Yeah. But, you know, he, he didn't know that, that it was like, you know, cause I guess he'd been told or taught that like, Oh no, that's a, that's a whole separate deal. You know, yeah. you can't, you know, like, yeah, tattooing them is, is completely different from if you were doing, you know, pastel or charcoal or whatever. And it's really, it's not that different, you know, yeah. the techniques aren't that different. Right. What's and it- of course, you know, training your eye to be able to see the information you need, you know, to duplicate that portrait, portrait accurately, you know, that's, that's something that again, you know, just comes from a lot of experience. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. What's interesting uh, now is he's back doing pastels, Brian. Uh, I had him on my podcast, I don't know, about a year and a half ago on my first podcast. And, you know, we spoke about him, um, Diving into that art form and getting back into doing high level pastel work um right and right,
1: which he still is Dylan yeah yeah
0: yeah he had he had been invited or uh, into some invitational um uh deal with his with his work, and you know it, it's cool to see somebody like that having the career that he's had and continues to have you know still going back to his roots and and, and working in those other mediums.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course, of course it is. Yeah, man, that's um, that's very cool. I, I remember him telling me about that as well.
0: Yeah, he he was telling me a wild uh, a wild story about um, his cars. You guys now is he is he's part of the the um, Beatnik Car Club as well?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah one of the, one of the one of the original members.
0: Nice, nice. How long has and, that been? And, and, around? There's,
1: and there's only only three of us. There was five original members, but there's only three of us uh, left out, out of that five. But we've got – I mean, we've got a big membership. But, I mean, when when it first started, and that was, uh, uh, well, 23 years ago this month. Wow.
0: 23 so, years. The,
1: the, the, yeah, that's that's just the, how long the, the club's been officially in mm-hmm. existence. But many of us have been hanging out for more than 30 years or
0: more. Have you, you had know? a – have you had a favorite car during that time?
1: Well, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting in my 1953 half-ton Chevy pickup right now <laughs> that, that has been one of my daily drivers off and on since 1976. Wow. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sitting in that one right now. Uh, and I, so I've had this one since 76. I've had one car longer than this and that's my 53 chevy 210 club coupe that i got in the summer of 72 and uh i recently oh a couple years ago got it back on the road it sat for 26 years and it's back on the road but i've still got some shit i gotta do to get it Mm. where it's uh drivable you know as a daily driver or or whatever you know and uh i've got a 52 chevy that i've had for about hmm, 29 years maybe and I've got a 47 fleet line uh in the garage that I've never done anything with uh that I but I've had that for um hmm I'd say I'd, I'd say at least 30 something years on that one
0: wow but, but yeah
1: I, I keep them I, I tend to keep them when I when I get them you know yeah. and then I've also got Uh, a 64 ford galaxy xl 500 four-door hardtop with with the 390 package that i got from my dad and he bought that new in 63
0: holy shit
1: yeah i was nine when he got that and i remember how thinking how cool it was because it was on it was also on the showroom floor it wasn't out on the lot you know Uh uh-huh and, uh, and he really liked that. And I did too. And I remember saying like, you know, this car is really neat, dad, you know, can I have it someday? <laughs> you know? And there you and, go. You got it. And he just, he looked at me and he goes, uh, yeah, okay, sure. I guess so. <laughs> you know, I don't think he thought he'd have it that long, but you know, yeah. anyway, so that's, that's been in the family wow. the longest since 63.
0: Yeah. I have a 50 Chevy. Uh, it's a four door deluxe, um, that my was my father's. He got it for uh, trade on some work that he had done in 50 bucks. And I remember driving that thing around. It's still stock. Um, I remember driving it around summers and, and doing shit like that. When I, uh, graduated college, he gave me that. I used to have uh, a 1926 Dodge brothers coupe. That was my grandfather's. Yeah. His dad's. And that was, um, all original as well. It had a, a lock on the transmission, which, the story was told to me, the reason that they put a lock on the transmission was it was a crank start. And so when the ladies would drive the car, they would pull up to go, you know, get groceries or do their errands, whatever they needed to do. And they didn't want to crank, crank it start again. So they would just leave it running, lock the transmission, take the, you know, take the, have that and away way they could run their errands, come back. Oh, and no still shit. Yeah. I didn't,
1: I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. And,
0: yeah. And it had disc wheels too. It had these big, you know, Big disc wheels, and I guess the reason for that was this was from a – this was a Minnesota car, and they would be running through mud or snow, and on the big – the wheels originally, I think, had the big wooden spokes – Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. And and, and all that weather would would fuck
1: those up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Get all clogged up in there. And so they ran the ran the big uh, these big saucer wheels. And it was it was pretty cool. I had to get rid of that one, but I still got the 50 Chevy. Um, No shit, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What? uh, And that
1: was you said it was your dad's.
0: Yeah, that was my dad's. So I'll, I'll never get rid of that. That's a dad's deluxe. That's great so it's, it's great
1: is your dad still around
0: no he's not he passed away uh, a handful of years ago he from cancer he had uh leo myosarcoma he, he passed away around wow 40. yeah he was 54 way too young Oh
1: man he was young yeah, yeah way too young so i'm pretty fortunate man my dad's 90 wow. and he's still kicking man and i drive him around on that galaxy <laughs> or my old truck yeah you know i, I took him out to eat uh a, a few days ago and picked them up in the truck you know and we went out for mexican food
0: nice do you have plans for the fleetwood the, the fleet line or yeah fleet i've
1: line? got i've got big plans for it big 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 plans <laughs> and and the only thing missing is uh basically i i need to hit the lottery
0: right.
1: uh, to to realize those big plans but i've got them i've yeah. got them but if you, I just uh, I I've got time now. All I need <laughs> is a bunch of money.
0: Right, exactly. If you hit the lottery tomorrow, you go down to the corner store and you scratch a scratcher, and all of a sudden Jack Rudy's a, a multi-millionaire. What are, what are you going to do? That what's the first thing you'll do to that car?
1: Oh, I would I would. uh that particular the fleet line yeah. i would i would get it i would get over to one one because I've got a bunch of buddies it would be just deciding okay which one <laughs> which one right. do do i do i want to do this project um but i've got a couple couple guys in, in, in mind anyhow I, I would get it as you know well see when they could uh, you know got time to start on it and then i would uh, i would i would i would just get like i mean because i've had big plans for that like chopping it mm-hmm. and like doing and doing some really different style of fadeaway fenders on it. And, uh, you know, nose deck shaved all that shit, but, uh, hydraulics. So, so it'll just, uh, just go all the way slammed to the ground, you know, and, um, you know, so I, I would, I would just, if, if, if I had it, if I had, uh, you know, just millions at my disposal, <laughs> not, not that it would cost anywhere near that, right. but it would, it would be, it would probably end up being, a, a you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars yeah. for, for what I want done, because sure. I probably wouldn't make it, uh, my, my first, uh, show car, um, ever, you know, cause all, all my cars have always been drivers, you know and that's out of necessity and plus you know if you if you got a car that is a show car well, it's a piece of art at that point because you know you don't i mean there are some people it it's very few however that actually will will get a car uh you know in, in show condition and then they'll they'll do a circuit for a year or something and then they'll drive the shit out of it you know which is great i really admire people like that but they're they're a very rare breed that'll just actually do a circuit and go okay now now i've i've done the art you know, with it, I put it in all these shows and people have, you know, it's been in the magazines and all this other shit right now. I'm going to enjoy it and drive it and they don't care if it, you know, they're, they're, they're traveling down the, down the highway and, it, and a little rock hits it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, it's, it's a $30,000 paint job or something, you know what I mean? And it's like, ah, whatever. Yeah. You know, but but again, the, 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 that's an extremely rare breed. Right. But I would, I would do that. You know, I would do that. I, I don't think I'd be, again, because if I really had the dough where it's like it's just not that big a deal anymore, then then I would. But if not, I would be like, ah, well, that one's gonna be you know, that's going to be a, a, a shell car only. And, mm-hmm. you know, any place I, I take it, I'm going to trailer it, you know, right. trailer Queens as they're called.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. How, how
1: I've big never, is... I've never had one, but maybe I will someday.
0: Hey man, you never know, you know, how, how big of a difference is the culture, is the car culture over and you just got back from Japan. You went over there to uh, a car show. How, how big is the, is of a difference is the Japan culture car car culture to the American car culture?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. It, it, on many levels, the, the the students have become the teachers. I mean, uh, there was this was the the best one day car show I, I've ever been to, and I've been to a few of them, you know. And uh, it, it it was truly amazing. And at least 95% of the cars in the show were from Japan, right. you know. And and you know they were American cars that had been you know sold and brought over there, but what they What they did with them, you know, the the customizing and ingenuity that that they used was based on what they learned from us, of course, Mm -hmm. you know, but I mean, like, those those cars would stand against anybody's, anybody's cars at all, I mean, on, on any level and it was it was a really uh, an amazing show. Mm-hmm. They had at least 500 cars there and they had that many motorcycles probably and they had they had a huge indoor uh, swap meet area as well and it was it was it was just such a uh, such a great time. Mm-hmm. There was like five of us from the club that were over there and uh, man we we just had a blast and 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 the level uh, again, uh, the quality that they're doing is, is just really, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing and inspiring. Mm-hmm.
0: Was there a car that stood out to you over there at the show?
1: Well, there wasn't just one. There was, there was <laughs> really, there were, there was so many, mm-hmm. there was so many, you know, and, and I took a, I took a whole bunch of pictures. I've, I put a few on Instagram and, and I've got a lot more to put on, but I, uh, you know, you just get caught up in other bullshit. And so, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've got a whole bunch that I'm going to be putting on over the course of this year. Just, uh, you know, just whenever I, um, think about it and go, Oh yeah, I got to put some more of those on there, you know, and stuff. Yeah. Cause I, I got a, I got a shitload of pictures it's just amazing stuff.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, man. Japan is, you know, when it's one of those spots where I first started seeing that same kind of thing happening where, um, with the with the bikes and the motorcycles, you know, the choppers that they were that they were creating, at, you know, during I don't know how many years ago it was that all the the chopper shows were on. But then you started seeing all these Japanese guys that were doing these crazy bikes, just taking it to a whole nother level. And, um, you know, and then they were also seeking out the stuff that was over here. And I had a couple of friends that sold bikes, you know, and cars actually over to guys in Japan.
1: Right. Right. Well, and and that's the thing, see, because because, again, you know, they they started out, I think, just pretty much copying uh, American designs and and stuff, you know. But, you know, that continued to evolve. And, uh, you know, and now they're you know, they've come up with with, uh, you know, a lot of their own, you know, unique uh, designs and, and stuff that they use. Uh, you know on on a regular basis and i mean it, it's some really really cool stuff you mm-hmm. know Ab- absolutely
0: yeah it's cool to see you know guys like yourself and um you know another guy that comes to mind um another black and gray guy that comes to mind mr cartoon you know has been in the car culture as well you know the low rider culture and man there's a merging of those kind of you know the tattooing and the and the car clubs have always kind of seemed to to merge together and um, man, it's cool to see what those guys are doing at the highest level of their art form with those cars.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and he was going over there, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, well, years and years ago, you know, before it ever got, you know, to this level. Mm-hmm. But he's, you know, he's always been involved in, in the low rider uh, custom lowrider, especially seen and, and still is, you know, and and in fact, he, he wishes that he would have went over there and saw this because, uh, Estevan, you know, his homie and photographer, uh, uh, was over there and, and, you know, and he knows how, how cool the whole thing was. And we were, we were just blown away, you know, by, by, by the level uh, and quality of what these guys are doing, man. And, uh, You know, it it really was. I hope they uh, I hope they do it again. I heard they're not going to do that show again, but I hope they reconsider or or do it every other year or something like that would would still be amazing. You know, it's just a lot, a lot of work because, I mean, you know, you're working on putting it together for a whole year. (laughs) Right. You know, it isn't just something you start doing like a month ahead of time. It's like you're working on this thing, you know, all year long. But it was um, yeah, it, it, it was really amazing.
0: That's cool. Uh, I know. hope
1: I hope they do it again.
0: Yeah, we can we can hope man for sure. Um you know, you said you do you do a lot of traveling still. Um you know, talk talk about um some of these uh, with the traveling comes representation of not only your shop and which is coming up on 40 years, right? This year. It is.
1: Yeah, we're 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 in our 40th year, man. Yeah. I mean, like officially it'll be like in July, but I mean, you know, I started in 75 and uh and here we are, man. Forty years right. later, and we are—we are, we are going to have a, a a big 40th uh, anniversary cool. uh, party at some point. I don't know when. Yeah. But hopefully, we're going to try to have that coincide with Charlie and I's book because we've been working on oh, on cool. a book together. Oh, for like oh, I don't know, seven or eight years. Uh-huh. And and Charlie got done a long time ago, but he did have the. <laughs> The luxury of of being retired and being able to really devote you know an, an almost unlimited amount of time to do that yeah. me on the other hand you know i i i never quit doing my thing with you know whether car shows or 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 tattoo shows or all the other projects tattoo related art projects and whatever that i was involved in so it it took me uh you know to this point Uh, And, and we're, and we're just about done and ready to, uh, you know, get this thing, uh, uh, you know, printed and stuff, you know, we're, we're getting close. And so, uh, you know, this is, this is going to be an incredible book because, uh, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I started taking photos probably in, I don't know, maybe, maybe 75 or six. And it's, and, um, and, and of course I never thought at that time that I'd ever use them for anything. Uh, But, you know, my mom liked to take photos and I got that from her. I just loved looking at them, you know, and she wasn't a photographer, but she just loved taking pictures of whatever family and uh, mostly, mostly family members and stuff. But I just always liked looking at that. And so I think that's where I got that from. And Mm -hmm. so. Uh, you know, I, I'm still taking photos all the time. Of course, now I'm mostly doing it with my phone, uh, <laughs> but I still I still have a film camera that I use too. I got a I got a Canon, uh, an SLR that I, I still use and and uh, take uh, film photos, and I'm going to do it as long as I can because mm-hmm. I mean that that they're they're that's already obsolete to a lot of people, but uh, I'm going to keep doing it as long as I can get the film developed and keep buying film. I'm going to keep doing it.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's, you know, and that's something that is, um, it's cool that you can still do that, you know? And I think there's a lot of things, even in tattooing, you know, it reminded me of the idea that I've talked to other you know guests on the show and, and previously on my other podcast about some of these things in tattooing, right now have become nostalgic and if you want to do them like making needles you can still learn how to do it you can still do it you can still do it for the That's fun, right. for the nostalgia of right, it, yeah. and the experience yeah. of you know um of getting that experience of 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 part of the craft that isn't around anymore necessarily but you can still be a part of it you can still have fun with it and um,
1: oh, yeah. And I mean, I've even got SX-70 Polaroid photos <laughs> wow. that, that, you know, originals that, that I took back in the day of, of, of my work and uh, Freddie's work, you know, and, and I've got a lot of them in the book. And I mean, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, this, the, you know, for, for mine and Charlie's part, we both wrote it out in longhand so it's not printed You know, and and, uh, we also invited uh, everyone that ever worked for either one of us at any of our shops, you know, uh, to go ahead and write their own chapters. And many people did, you know, not all not all of them did, but but many the majority of people did uh, write their own chapters. Some are very short and some are not. Uh, But uh, it's it's going to be amazing because there's there's never been a book like this. Ever published in tattooing, so it be it's going to be something really special.
0: Yeah, will can you give any details as far as will it be a um, kind of a an expose about the entire time from when you guys first started to now? Oh, or?
1: oh yeah, sure. It's it's going to be like I mean, it basically focuses on uh, you know a, a lot of East LA that first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, I was there almost 10 years. Charlie was there only a couple of years, but it, 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 you know, Charlie tells about like how he started tattooing by hand Mm -hmm. and then eventually ended up at the Pike, you know, tattooing professionally. And that's where I met him in 1973. And, uh, you know, and of course I, I, put my first tattoo on in 1969 and I, I tattooed by hand for a while and then I made a homemade machine, you know. And, um, you know, and, and, I, and I met him in you know, 73. And then, you know, uh, I start, started working for him in 75. And, uh, you know, so there's a, a, a really big focus on that, on that first, um, you know, 10 years. But actually see many of the people that wrote chapters and stuff, you know, came, came along way after that. Mm-hmm. Like I opened my uh, first shop in, in, uh, in Anaheim in uh, January of 85. So it's been, I've been 30 years in Orange County now, um, you know, and, and Harry's been, you know, he went, to, he, he, uh, he left after a couple of years and went back to Kansas and he was back there for several years and then came back to California and moved to, to Modesto. Yep. And he's been there ever since. I think he's been there probably I don't know, maybe 25 years or, or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. a long time anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, he comes over and visits the shop over here in Lodi uh, from time to time and checks in. And, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool, I've yeah. had a couple chances to sit down and bullshit with him while, when he's come to visit. And so um, really, really sweet guy. And um, we, ac- I actually got to see... Um, the opening of tat- the Tattoo Nation movie in Modesto with Charlie. Um, you know, there. In the oh, audience, that's very cool. You know, he gave this. That's, that's very cool. Yeah. yeah. He, he gave one of the coolest speeches, um, you know, and basically called motherfuckers out and said, you know, you guys aren't doing what's right. And I mean, he went off for like uh, a couple minutes and then re- read something. He had written an article, I guess, for a tattoo magazine. Um, in with regards to, um, I think magazines and and different, you know, this other explosion in in tattooing, and he read that right. same article that was, you know, however many years later, ten years later, fifteen years later, and it, and it still applied to what was kind of going on and and this explosion that we're seeing now. It was really cool, man. Such a cool well, experience. that that is
1: great, you know, because because Charlie's a, you know, he's he's a no bullshit person, man, and always has been. He's a, he's a straight shooter always will be. And he calls them like he sees them, yep. you know, and, and uh, you know, and, and and again, like me, uh, you know, on many levels, Charlie's disgusted with the, you know, the, the state of the union these days, uh, again, on many levels, you know, and mm-hmm. I know like I do, you know, he appreciates uh, the level of of uh, artistic ability and, and, and just, you know, the, the amazing pieces that are being done, But then at the same time, you know, the saturation level, I mean, like, you know, he, he was the king of the mountain in Modesto, you know, for years and, uh, you know, was, was, uh, was really, uh, uh, you know, not the only game in town, but was the, was, you know, the prominent uh, game in town there. And it was, it was definitely the place to go. Uh, for quality tattooing. But I mean, like now, I mean, there's, there's, I I don't know, there's at least 30 shops there. And then these, these, these people will sometimes say, oh man, you know, we love and respect you so much. It's like, oh yeah, really? Then why'd you tap into my well? Why'd you open up down the street for me? If that's really the case, because, you know, it's easy to say, you know, how much respect you have uh, for, for someone, but like, is that how you show it? Mm -hmm. You know, think, like you know like in, instead of going like hey you know what Charlie's already here man this this is his deal he's been here the longest and and so forth and uh or or you know one of the the first uh, shops there and all that like hey you know we're just going to just go somewhere else and and, uh, and and show how much respect we have for this man
0: yeah and i you think know? that's and, what was that was the sentiment behind what he was saying was you know This is you guys could do right by, you know, his standard. And and uh, he was bummed out. But, you know, I think that um, looking at it from another perspective and and, um, looking at some of the exciting things that are happening right now in tattooing and something that both, you know, yourself and Charlie are. Um, so fortunate to be able to take advantage of, and that's some sponsorship type stuff. And I know H2Ocean is showing you guys a lot of love and, and some other companies. And what's cool about that is these companies that are showing love and, and are representing big like Sullen and um, uh, you know, these other companies, they are tapping into the guys like yourself who are um, legends in our industry, you know, in our, and, and um, hopefully, giving you the due you know the respect that you that you are due.
1: Well, you know it, it, it it's true, man. Because I've recently got involved with a couple of companies, you know, uh, that are doing real right by me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, recently. And, and see, I have I've been involved uh, with Sullen for many years, and those are a bunch of great guys and, and take good care of me. But uh, and, and H Two Ocean, you know, I've, I've been involved with, with Eddie since he started the company. Um, uh, 13 years ago, but recently I got involved with, uh, Franco Vescovi, yep. uh, with an ink company, uh, cause he's been, you know, making the rotary, the Bishop rotaries for many years, but now he's making an ink, you know, that I got involved with, got in on the ground floor with that nocturnal ink. Yep. And I've been using it exclusively for about a year and a half now. And it's all I use. It's great, you know, cause I was always a diehard Pelican man. Uh but you know, he said, Hey, I got a new ink and would you try it? I go, Well, you know, it's gonna be hard to beat this. He goes, Well, the cool thing is with this one is it, it's dark it's as dark as Talons or anything equivalent to that, but it shades as nice and easy as a pelican I go, Well man, if you got something like that, you've got a real winner and it turned out that's exactly what it was. So, uh so that that that's been a really uh, a good thing for me, you know, mm-hmm. and Franco as well. And then I got also got involved with a company called SkinLock yeah. that makes a hydrogel bandage, you know, which I think is, is, uh, you know, be, you know, really it, it's, it's the bandage of the future yeah. uh, because, you know, you can, you can do any size and it's, and it's completely clear. Uh, you know, you can, you can, you can wash it off in a couple hours or you can just leave it and it will come off by itself, but like not where you can see it. You know, what I mean, like where you can, like where you like flaking from a sunburn or something like that. I mean, it's it's you know there won't be anything uh, you know blood or seepage on your sheets or or clothes or whatever. And um, you know, I, I I'm really glad I met these guys at the APT trade show, mm-hmm. which we do in Vegas, which is something that you know I've also been involved with since 1992. But you know, this this is a trade show, so it's not like uh, a, a tattoo show at all, right? Uh, we you know we don't have any contests. There's no public. We don't want any public. You know, this is just this is by tattooers for tattooers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so and, this it, this is this is in depth, uh, uh, you know, seminars and workshops and so forth that are not even appropriate. For for a a, a tattoo show, right. but I mean this is you know this this is this is this is something for us, and uh, you know so this is something we've been doing um, for several years in Vegas now, and it, you know it's a small show compared to you know big tattoo shows that have the public that are dependent on the public, mm-hmm. and so forth. You know this this is just something that's just for us, man, and it's yeah. and it's really really cool, and I'm. I'm just really glad I'm involved with it, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, talk talk about that a little bit, too, the APT, because, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know or, you know, you can introduce it to some people. Some people know what it is. Um, and I think with, you know, you're well, down i in Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that
1: because, you know, there's a lot of people that have big misconceptions about it, yeah. you know? They think we're like, you know, the art police or or uh you know we're trying to you know regulate everybody and it's like you know that's that's all complete bullshit cuz the APT has always been about education we're an educational organization and our our primary goals have never changed where you know we want people you know we want tattooers to do the 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 cleanest uh you know most sanitary kind of tattooing that they can do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, 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 that's what, that's what we do. That's what we're about. That's what we've always been about, yeah. you know? And so, so, I mean, like, you know, let the, let the buyer beware. as far as like, okay, uh, you know, choosing an artist that's going to be able to do what you want and, and, and do it the way you want to do it right. You know, that, that's, that's always going to be on, on the, uh, you know, the, the, the person, the customer, uh, but, You know, we just don't want you, like, you know, hey, if you get a bad tattoo, you know, and you end up not liking it, which is, you know, it's one of those risks you take, at least, you know, if if they've been APT trained and certified, you know what I mean, at least you're not going to get an infection or something even worse, uh, uh, you know, in addition, so you're not going to have, you know, insult added to injury. Right. You know what I mean? You know, So, so...
0: it's interesting, um, you know, as a I'm tattooing in a street shop here in Lodi, California, and we have regulators coming in from the health department now regulating us. And it's interesting. Some of the crazy shit that we're you know, we hear about, well, we're going to have to do sterile water and we're going to have to, you know, have have this and have that. And, you know, with with more regulation comes a a bigger need for um Organizations like APT to represent for the artists and say, "Hey, look, this is reasonable. This is not." Exactly, exactly. And I mean, like, I mean, like, you know, this, this
1: again. It was, it was started by tattooers, and uh, you know, in 1992. And I mean, you know, that's why I've been a part of it because I, I, I saw the need for it. You know, 23 mm-hmm. years, so I thought, you know, this is, this is a good, it's a good idea. An organization that, that, that's us you know that so we can self regulate so you know uh when when uh, um you know uh, health departments you know think that they're going to uh try to uh, you know regulate us and say hey you know we're already doing this you don't have you don't have to worry about this cuz you know we're 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 tattooing in in the safest and most sanitary uh you know manner possible yeah you know and that's something that we you know that we've always been about mhm You know, and and so and and now see, because we tried doing the the convention thing, but and we tried to make it unique and different, you know, but in the end, we were just another tattoo show, Mm -hmm. you know, just one of hundreds. And then, uh, uh, you know, it was it was brought to our attention that like, you know, why don't you guys put on a trade show, Mm -hmm. you know, for the business? And it was like, well, man. You know, we should have been doing that, you know, 20 years. We should have been doing that when the APT first started, actually. Mm -hmm. That would have have been, you know, but again, it never occurred to us. Because if you think about it, you know, up until, you know, recently when the APT started doing this, it's like there's no profession that you can probably think of that does not have a trade show. Mm -hmm. We were the only ones. Because – we mixed business with pleasure you know we we did these so-called tattoo conventions but you know what at a plumber's convention or a doctor's convention or whatever convention there's no public there right it's just for the trade mm-hmm. but see we never did that because we called them conventions but they weren't conventions they were shows because we mixed okay because again you know we we can't we can't do tattooing without without tattooing someone, whether it's (laughs) (laughs) ourselves or others, you know, I mean, we are, we are completely dependent on other people, you know, to, uh, to make this happen. So from the very beginning, you know, the, the public was encouraged and invited. And so, you know, we call them conventions and still do to this day, but, you know, uh, you know now now there now there is a trade show that is just for tattooing and it's just tattooers there's no public there's no contest there's none of that uh, nonsense that you know that it, that is a big part of tattoo shows but it's not part of ours and and to me one of the best parts about a, a show is is all the extra time you get to bullshit with people you know afterwards and so there's actually more of that because you know the seminars and workshops are over by no no uh later than uh eight o'clock. So if you want to go catch a show, you wanna eat some dinner, you know, uh gamble, do whatever, you know. Yeah. You got you got all all the time to do that.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh I think it's cool, you know, all the different ab all the different things that we have available to us, you know, from from the webinars to the you know the online shit that you have if you want to increase your artistic skill. Um, you know, you have the trade shows, you have the, the conventions, you have these different, um, avenues that you can get involved with, you know, and you can pick, you know, that's the thing you can pick as an artist. You don't have to go to every fucking show, every goddamn weekend. You know, you can pick those ones that, you know, are, you know, the promoters are going to take care of you. It's a comfortable environment. They're, they're, you know, thoughtful about what the artists are going to need and, um, you know, that's going to set these other shows just like these, you know, these other shops that's eventually and ultimately going to, you know, run, run their business out of, you know, run them out of business because they're not being supported by the community. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just creating more of that, uh, that snowball of support for the, for the shows that are doing the right thing.
1: Well, you know, unfortunately though, um, I I wish that really was the case. I wish the people that that were parasitic hypocrites, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, had nowhere to go but out. But, you know, that's not the case because, you know, there there are people that put shows on out there, you know, promoters that don't have any tattoos, that never will have any, don't want any, actually think people with tattoos are a freak, which is, you know, uh, proof. By like well then if if you don't believe that how come you don't have any then, you know if you, if you if you claim to love and support the art of tattooing how come you don't have any, mm-hmm. you know and the only thing worse than a promoter. You know, without any tattoos is a tattooer. And luckily, luckily, there's very, very, very few of them. But I mean, like, th- that's the thing though. see if a promoter can afford, you know, to put big billboards up all over the place when he when his show is coming. You know, and you and you can't miss them. And then every time you get off the freeway, there's there's posters and there's radio ads and so forth. And a person can spend tens of thousands of dollars in advertising, seated to to you know the, the regular uh, you know tattoo collector or, or you know one that's not. That's not educated on you know like uh, on, on what type of show to support and whatnot. I mean like people mm-hmm. say, oh, there's going to be a big tattoo party this weekend. Oh, and it's also going to be a big beer fest. Well, those <laughs> you know any tattooer knows those are things that do not go together. Right. Absolutely. But someone without a tat, without any tattoos, someone who's not a tattooer, yeah. Would that occur to them? Fuck no. Yeah. It's just it's just it's just a, a way of, of of combining something that they think will go over real good with the with the unsuspecting public. Mm-hmm. And I guess it does because these these assholes are still able to stay in business, yeah. you know. And I don't know why any self-respecting tattooer would do these shows because it's like, oh wow, well, man, I did this show, you know, what I made like you know four grand this weekend. Well, what do you think the promoter made? Well, I guarantee you, you know, he's netting in his pocket after everything is paid for. He's netting at least a quarter million dollars.
0: Not bad for a weekend. Right. 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 You know, you think what do you think the the general artist, the the guy that's out there that wants to do right by the community? And again, you know what? I've made this distinction early on in my podcast that I believe that there's two things. There's this there's a tattoo industry. And there's the tattoo community, and the industry is this huge snowball rolling, big machine that's out there uh, running. And the community is those artists that are like minded that want to do right by the, you know, by each other. And what do you think that those folks can do to help steer the ship in the right way? Is there well, anything I mean, we can you know, do? I mean,
1: know, spread the word. Stop, stop uh, supporting douchebags. You know, just stop supporting douchebags that, like, have no business putting on a show. You know? Even even if the show is good for you financially, it's like, you know, it isn't like you don't have hundreds of other shows to choose from. Because you do. You, you know what I mean? So, like, stop supporting the parasitic hypocrites that have no business having any connection to tattooing whatsoever. Stop supporting them. Spread the word. Tell other people. And when you when when you know tattooers that go to these shows like, really, man? Really? You really got to do this? Like, shit so bad for you that you just can't find some other way to, you know, to supplement your income instead of going to a show where you're knowingly supporting an asshole who thinks you're nothing but a piece of shit. If, if truth was told, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, because I, I don't know what the hell else you're going to do. You know, except spread the word and try to educate people on on what to do and what not to do, uh, even more importantly.
0: I love it, Jack. You know, that is the intimidating, no-holds-barred, no-bullshit kind of stuff that initially made this interview intimidating for me. And I love that sentiment that comes out in you, and you stay true to what your roots are, man. It's... It's exciting for me, again, as an artist and as a tattooer who's looked up to, you know, you as an artist for many years since I began tattooing. Um, it's cool to still see that, you know, that idea that, hey, we can hold true to our, our you know, ideals and, and continue to move forward in, in the right way. So. Um,
1: well, I mean, you know, you've got to take a stand sometimes, even if, right.
0: even if you're the only one
1: taking that stand. It's still important. It's still important to take that stand and just go. You know what? I'm not going to support these douchebags that are doing this. I'm just not going to do it. And other people do it. Well, that's on them. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But like, I'm I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You know. And and I, and I discourage you know uh, legitimate tattooers from doing it as well. Every, every time I get a chance, it's like you know, man, I, I you know, I, I'm I'm not a. Uh, you know shy about shaming somebody that you know should know better Mm -hmm. you know right because i mean you know hey if you hey if you hang around nothing but assholes well hmm (laughs) what are people going to think about you even if you're not because if you're not why are you fucking hanging out with assholes then
0: right exactly you know Hey, and,
1: and, and, and and on that one, they shouldn't call common sense, common sense, because if it was, everybody would have it.
0: It's <laughs> uncommon sense. Right. We need a little common sense. That's for sure. Fuck yeah. But I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's it's not common, because right. if it was,
1: everyone would have it. So
0: that's misnamed. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I was going to ask you this, too. What's a, What do you like about tattooing in the middle of the night? Because these stories I've heard about... You, Peaceful it's peaceful it's just peaceful yeah
1: yeah there's just nobody around all the normal people quote unquote are in bed they're sleeping yeah so the phone's not ringing you know it's just it's just uh you know it, it it's just it's just a peacefulness yeah and it, and, it, and, it, and it's really cool you know i mean it's just a quiet and peaceful and you know i don't know i kind of like uh being a vampire, I guess, you know. I mean I'm although see the, the rumor the rumors are highly exaggerated because I do tattoo in the day yeah. all the time. Just not at my own shop. Right. Like but when I'm on the road, if I'm if I'm at a tattoo show and the hours are, you know, twelve to ten or whatever. Well, I don't start at ten, <laughs> you know, come in there at ten eight PM and work all night. No, I'm in there in the daytime. I may be out of there late. And I used to be the last guy out of there all the time, but I, don't, I I gave that shit up i've been there and done that, so I let the youngsters handle that yeah. uh, you know i i I'm, I'm rarely uh the last guy out tattooing and when I go uh, you know do guest spots you know at at, at my buddies' uh shops, you know what I mean mm-hmm. I tattoo their hours i start i start in the daytime you know and and try to finish when they're leaving you know. And in some cases I have to, because like, you know, they're not going to let me stay there all night. And, you know, mm. so I, and, and I don't really want to do that necessarily anyway. I mean, at my own shop, it's different. It's mine. Right. But if I'm some somebody else's man, I, I really try to accommodate, you know, their uh, uh, hours and so forth. You know, I, yeah. I just try to work and, and I do that. So I do that all the time. So I just, but I just, rarely tattoo early at my own, I not yeah. say never, but I rarely tattoo early at my own place, but other, other places, conventions
0: and shops, hell yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have a certain kind of music do you listen to or, um, that you like to listen to when you, well,
1: uh, yeah, I, I, you know, per i like a lot of stuff. I like a lot of stuff. You know, my, my musical tastes, uh, vary, uh, you know, I can, I can listen uh, you know, to the, any any you know the Beatles the Beach Boys James Brown I, I mean my my tastes are, are varied you know mm-hmm. but I, I uh, particularly like you know 50s and 60s oldies and uh, 50s uh, 60s soul music low rider music uh, you know Santana war is my favorite band of all time yeah. you know um, but they see that that's that's a 70s. They started in, in actually in '69 in, uh, mm-hmm. uh, with Eric Burden, but um, you know, anyway, I, I like all kinds of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And and the guys at work, you never know what they're gonna like. I don't, I, you know, I don't care too much for shit that's too loud or too fast, uh, mm-hmm. personally. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I can listen to pretty much anything, and I never know what's going to be playing when I go to the shop,
0: right. There you because know, was...
1: these these guys taste go from one extreme to the other and everything in between. So
0: yeah, have you ever listened to uh, Pep Torres? I don't think so. Man, you should check out Pep Torres. He's um he's from I I I want to say well I know he's from somewhere in Mexico. He's uh but he plays this like rockabilly um really cool rockabilly rockabilly vibe music, and he'll switch back and forth from English to Spanish and um. Really cool stuff. My buddy from uh, uh, Gilbert, from the the Swank's Car Club in Vallejo, turned me on to him years ago when I was tattooing there. Uh huh. Yeah, Pep Torres. Good, good. Well, uh,
1: I'll, I'll keep that in mind and, and then check him out. You know, yeah, that man. sounds cool because I mean, I I like old rockabilly shit too. I mean, when it, I don't even know if it was called that. I don't yeah. know if it was called that back in the day, but even you know, uh, guys like Elvis you know, uh, and, and, uh, Carl Perkins and, and people, you know, did what, you know, we call that rockabilly, you know, a lot of that now, but I don't know, I don't know if they called it, then. I think it was just, you know, just rock and roll right. back in the day, but, you know, yeah, I like that stuff too. Cool. I was just at Viva Las Vegas, uh, um, uh, I don't know, a month or so ago, and, uh, you know, they have a lot of that going on there, because that's a big rockabilly right. uh, festival as well, you know?
0: yep absolutely yeah
1: so i i I dig that too
0: cool man well if somebody wanted to play the vampire life and get tattooed by you jack what's the best or or find out your your travel schedule and and uh or even get a piece of art or a t-shirt from you what's the best way that they can they can do that
1: just uh call the shop man call call my shop and uh and you'll end up uh, talking to somebody at the shop or hopefully my wife mm-hmm. who makes all my appointments she's she's the one to talk to on that cause she, she's a gatekeeper you know, and yes she is and and little roy my my manager uh makes appointments for me as well but she's got the schedule she's got the calendar so mm. the final thing is is always going to be hers and as uh, then as far as you know merchandise t-shirts whatever you know they can Uh, order that from the shop you know we Mm -hmm. we ship it out and uh you know and whatever so yeah all that all that cool uh uh gtc merch is uh, available
0: great man well congratulations on coming up on 40 years um thanks man man fucking exciting you know it's uh yeah it is
1: i've already got i've got a i've got a 40-year um three-quarter sleeve uh t-shirt that's out right now that I took two previous designs uh, from a guy that made shirts for me in New Mexico for many years. One was the the señorita with the with the pistola, but the, but the the barrel is actually a a tattoo a tube, you know, okay, yeah. with smoke coming out of the end of it right. anyway. So that that was a popular one, and then then the, what we called the skull vato, uh, which was a, a skull and crossbones with a gangster brim. Well, the, the senoritas on the front. The gangster Vatos on the back, and uh, then then custom uh, like a, a, a 40 year uh, logo on each sleeve of of a, like a baseball style three quarter sleeve. So we've nice. got that one, and Sullen is coming out with also with a a new 40 year uh, version as well, uh, which should be I don't know the next week or so should be available I think as well.
0: Yeah, well, guys, if you're listening and you don't know who the fuck Jack Rudy is, you're living under the goddamn your goddamn MacBook. So yeah, get that, out, get out down. from under that rock or out yeah, of that cave you're in. And, exactly, uh, exactly. And uh, check check him out. You're on Instagram too, Jack, right? Yes,
1: that would be uh, yeah. You know, just uh, it, it, it's it's J underscore Rudy underscore GTC because cool. if you put my name in. Uh, it might come up that a uh, Jackery cocktail company. That that it's funny because I mean it's it's a guy with the same name but no relation whatsoever. Wow,
0: well I it's kind of a trip. Yeah, you know I had a hard time finding out uh, or finding a Twitter name and Instagram name and shit like that because you have the Joe Swanson character on Family Guy, and he, oh yeah, and not only
1: that. But when there, when there, oh, wasn't there a Joe Swanson on KLOS as well? Am I am I thinking that right, or <laughs> Maybe. is it Joe Benson? I don't know. Maybe don't he know. was, but I thought there was a yeah, I thought there was a, was a Joe Swanson on KLOS.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just have a hard time because every time I try to search something, it comes up with the uh, the paraplegic. Uh, cop from family guy right uh, right yeah. exactly so, oh whatever you know you can deal with it man you take what you're given so uh hey, jack- listen man I've, I've been hearing that jack ruby bullshit <laughs> uh since since november 23rd of of uh, uh, of
1: 1963 shit because that was not not the twenty second when Kennedy was assassinated. It was the day after when Oswald was assassinated by Ruby. Oh shit! So I've been hearing that. Hey, Jack Ruby killed the president. All that. It's like, uh-huh. oh, geez. Yeah, and I and I still hear it from time to time. You know,
0: fifty. Fifty, just two, well, 51 years later. He's still wanting to strangle a motherfucker for saying it, too, huh? Oh,
1: I'll tell, I'll tell you what. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, people are just ignorant. But, you know, yeah, I'm still still hearing it, you know.
0: Right on, Jack. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time, like I said, sitting down with me. It's been a pleasure. We didn't even have to hit aliens or aspartame, which is great. Um Yeah. <laughs> Aliens
1: are are, are cool Most of the time Most of the time Of course there will be People that disagree with that Aspartame's bad All all the time time. Yeah Exactly Stay away from that Especially if if Aliens offer you Any aspartame Like (laughs) man I'd say I'd say uh, Run for the hills If that happens
0: Yep And you can take that shit To the bank Thanks everybody for listening That's right I appreciate it Jack thank you man I appreciate it All right, Joe You got it man it was it was a good time. Well, thank you everybody for listening. I appreciate it. Make sure to check me out on Instagram at OG Joe Swanson. If you're interested in getting tattooed by me, please shoot me an email, Joe at Sullenradio.com. You can check out my Instagram for some recent drawings that I've done and I've really digged and I would love to tattoo, so shoot me your contact and and your ideas, and let's get something cracking. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate the listens. Thanks to my sponsors, Sullen Clothing, Kingpin Tattoo Supply, Inkies.com, and Black Flies Eyewear. Thank you so much for the support. Tune in next week for another episode of Sullen Radio. Again, this is Joe Swanson. Keep hustling, everybody.